0: This is where women grow. Welcome back to the Girl Power Alliance podcast. I don't know how to even express my feelings for my guest today on the podcast. Um, I'm going to read her bio and then I'm tell you a little bit about her. She's been a very longtime friend of mine, Catherine. This is Catherine Schiffer. She is not just a survivor. She is a thriver. When you hear her story, you're going to be so inspired. Um, and she started her life in 1968 in those formative years She was raised by a sexual predator and a mother with severe mental illness. Her young life was filled with daily sexual, emotional, physical, and spiritual abuse. Her journey from there brought her face to face with countless obstacles, and uh, she was stuck in a cycle of self-abuse for many years. She battled drug and alcohol abuse, two failed marriages, and many dysfunctional relationships in between. She's raised four kids along this journey, and they had to grow up Uh, really fast, (laughs) as you can imagine, which so did she, by the way. Um, As she approached her 40s, something shifted and she knew it was time to change or die. She surrendered her life to Jesus and that's when her life took an entirely new and profound meaning. She walked through the doors of recovery and began the daunting journey of undoing all the wreckage of her life. And now at 51, If you're watching the the YouTube channel, there's no way you're going to believe she's 51. She can say that she is free, free of substance abuse, bitterness, and free to love herself and others. She is a wildly successful business owner. She's a life coach, an award-winning athlete, a mentor to many, and she is the CEO of a nonprofit called One Voice, One Mission. Her commitment in this life is to now take the gifts she has been given and share them with others. Supporting men and women to break free from the continual cycle of self abuse that arises from a tormented childhood. She gives all the credit to her Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and she has a book coming out like any minute. And, you know, I read this bio and it just doesn't even like touch who this amazing woman really is, even with all those accomplishments. She is a dear friend. She has a, a heart of gold. And if you just met her today, you would never know that her life was so hard that she's walked through so many things. So Catherine, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hi, Hi Michelle. Thank you for having me. I just am so excited to share so many different parts about your story and I know I just read your bio, but I would love if there's, if there's other things, like if somebody's just listening and they hear that bio, what else can you tell them about who you are and what you're doing?
1: About who I am today and yeah. what I'm doing today. You know, yeah. um, today it, my life is very exciting. It's constantly, um, new doors are opening and, and things are, are, um, uh, God's just blowing my mind with what he's been doing in my life. And Um, You know, the biggest thing right now is the book as we prepare to launch that and get that out into the public. It's been, it's actually been on a book. It's been a book that's been on my heart since I was 12. And it um, obviously there, it it wasn't time until it was time. And I had to uh, be in a place where I could share the, the solution, you know, because we all have problems and a lot of people, you know, talk about their problems, but what we hear very little of These days, a solution. And so, what I wanted to bring with the book was um, not just the problem, but I wanted to bring solution, and I wanted to bring hope. And so, that's what is super exciting for me today is the book. And then the nonprofit, you know, which is um, my baby, and which is it is just still in its infancy stages. But uh, we are, um, you know, our goal is to bring curriculum into our classrooms, which teach safe touch. You know the we have taught our children for a very long time about stranger danger. And it's unfortunate but true that it's most likely not going to be a stranger who is actually abusing your child. It's, mo- it's more likely going to be someone they know and someone they have come to trust. Um, so that is the shift that we're making with this, uh, this whole conversation around um, keeping our children safe is how do you... How do you protect them with not ins- without instilling fear, without um, making them uh, you know afraid to walk through life, but giving them power to speak up when someone has come into their life that everybody loves, right? Because you know what my predator was—he um, was a deacon in a church. He was uh, his family stood behind him. He, he was loved by the community. But you know, and here I was saying that he was this other person, and so how do we give our children the power to come against that when they're eight? you know it's it's a very fine line, so that is the that's the, where we're at is is um, figuring out how we can the written, and it's ready to go into the schools, and getting the the, the schools to adopt this curriculum is um, is another beast in itself. Yeah. So yeah, that is where we're at with, um, the two biggest things going on in my life in regards to my passion. Um, and those are my passions is, um, is creating wellness in, in, um, others, body, mind, and soul.
0: And you're doing that. You do so many things. I'm trying to think of exactly where I want to go with this podcast because we could do a whole podcast on every little area of your of of your life. Um, yeah. Let's let's go. I'm going to roll backwards slightly. So, um, you uh, you basically com- Would would you say you committed or you recommitted your life to Christ in your in your late thirties, right before you entered your forties?
1: Yeah. So I was saved when I was 18, and um, I don't know about others, but when I when I was taught about salvation, I was taught that that when you're saved, you become a new person. And if you haven't, if you don't immediately become this new person, then you're probably not saved. Mm-hmm. So I spent my whole life thinking I wasn't saved because I couldn't stop doing the things I was doing. So I was constantly moving in and out of a relationship with God. And it was at 39 that I um when I decided to get sober, you know, I've been getting i started getting sober when i was 29 you know 20 i from my from 14 um to 29 i was a meth addict and i um i had a, a, came to my knees with that and was uh, the lord brought me into recovery um through a stint in jail which is in the book you'll hear, read about that and uh, but unfortunately i didn't think alcohol was a drug and so i continued to drink through my 30s and at 39 i realized that my life was headed straight Back to where it was at twenty in my twenties, and mm. if I didn't um, do something, and so I found this program called Celebrate Recovery at my church. I used to um, when I, you know, I go to, you know, when you go to church, you, you put on this mask, right? And it's like I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, mm-hmm. and you never really tell people how you are because oh my god, they might think you're a sinner. <laughs> and so I would walk by this um, this booth at our church, and it says Celebrate Recovery. And I would take a peek at it. But one day I just grabbed a pamphlet and ran it out as fast as I could. And I read through it and realized that this was somewhere God was calling me. So I walked through the doors of Celebrate Recovery on January, actually in June of 2006. um, But I didn't go and start until January 7th of 2007. I still thought I could do it on my own. And, um, maybe it was, I didn't want to admit I was an alcoholic because that was the last thing I had, right? Like alcohol, you take that away, then I have nothing to cover the pain. But, um, so yeah, it was there that I came to believe that I was, um, I'm addicted to everything and I have, a, I'm, I can become addicted to chalk if it made my, if it altered me from the neck up <laughs> and I rededicated my life to the Lord because, um, and then started Finding a God of my own understanding because I was leaning on the God of their understanding, you know My mom and my stepdad and that God didn't serve me because he was a God of vengeance And I thought he was just trying to kill me my whole life Like he was just waiting for me to do something wrong so he could strike me dead And the God that I found in the doors of recovery was not that God It was a God of grace a God of mercy a God who loved us so much that he sacrificed his life for us. Mm. And, um, and he's never, and he's always as close as our knees, you know, he never turns away from us. So it was there that I rededicated my life and the journey, you know, from there it's been, so 39, 49, 13 years, uh, almost that, um, it's been a journey, you know, I haven't done it perfectly, but, um, I always take, if I take one step back, I always take two steps forward.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think that um Addict or not, so many people can relate to you feeling like that about God, just God being this like angry father over in the corner waiting to punish you, yeah. and I believe that that is something that is happening in the in the world right now that 's being broken free. Exactly. I, I believe that I believe there's a big shift in the church and and the the lies that religion has has put on people to keep us in this and I think it people, but it's the enemy keep us in this place of shame and fear and masked, you know, that 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 is what the enemy wants and you know what our what our daddy he loves us exactly the way they are. I just know this as a parent, you know, my kids do stuff and it's not always great. And sometimes it makes me sad, sometimes it makes me mad. But I never go after them with vengeance. You know, I always want to just love them and help them to either heal or kind of fix the mess or whatever. And you know that's that's the perfect picture of how our father loves us.
1: Yeah, I think that too is the disconnect for children who are raised in homes with that kind of with parents who aren't loving and kind and um, and affectionate. It, it, you know, so trying to relate to a God who who is like a parent. You know, where we we look, try to look at him, him as a parent, but then we didn't have parents that emulated who he is, and so that that creates a disconnect for people. And um, and that was a big disconnect for me. But the way I found but the way I can relate is when I had children. And then I was able to take how I felt about them and turn it around and go and, and this is how God feels about me. When I found um when I when I when I get married to my current to my husband Adam, who you know, obviously I said I had a couple of failed marriages, but it's in in this marriage that I watch the way he loves me and I'm able to see Jesus's love through him. Mm. So I I was able to find. That love through others and through loving my children.
0: Yeah, same. I that's, I can understand that much more than the other way. So that right. same, it's it's really it's really stretched me. Um, you've done a lot of different things. You've been wildly successful in your field, which your your field has been real estate property management for a number of years. But alongside of that, you've also um, you're a you are a champion fitness competitor, and so I I like. You said earlier, you said you're addicted to everything. Did you get addicted to fitness?
1: I'm addicted to fitness.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if that's what you're, I mean, if that's the addiction, that's not a bad one, is it? Or is it?
1: (laughs) No, I don't think so. You know, it's, I have many tools in my toolbox that, um, to, to help me live my best life and fitness is one of them because Mm -hmm. there's spiritual fitness, there's emotional fitness and there's physical fitness. And for me, physical fitness and mental fitness go, go hand in hand. Yes. Um, when I, I know that I need to get up every morning and sit with the father. And then I know I need to go work out. And if I do those two things on a break, on a daily basis, I will have a great day.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So that's your worship time.
1: It is my worship time. I built my business on the back of a, a bicycle riding through the towns of Temecula with worship music and praying. So it's in my fitness. and. I've had my best downloads for the book, for uh, Reconciling Relationships in the gym.
0: Oh, it's so true. I have chills yeah. when you said that. It's the same for me. Like if I feel really mucked up or just like blocked or depressed, I run. Like yeah. literally it's like somebody like just rips the tape off and I just feel yeah. like a person again.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, God has given us a wonderful gift of, uh, they're called endorphins. <laughs> They are our happy pills.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's our good drug. Those
1: are good drugs.
0: <laughs> you, um, you know, just if we took that element alone, just, just the, the fact that you are a champion fitness competitor, that element alone would tell people a ton about you because it takes an enormous commitment. It takes consistency. It takes courage and, you know, just to, to transform your body to a place that you can stand up to be judged and, and not just to stand up and be judged, but to stand up and be judged and win. And, um, you know, you weren't doing it in your twenties. You started in your forties.
1: I did. My first show was when I was 42. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a competitive, I am competitive and that is one of my, one of my Curses and blessings, you know, and it it can, and as long as I'm using it in a way that's healthy and it's not to compete against you, um, I use it. I'm competing against me. You know, how much better can I be today than I was yesterday? And that's what um, competing gave me. It gave me a platform to just be, to completely, to, to all the time be propelling forward. And if things had been different as a child I've always had that competitive nature, but it was muted, and it was um, it was muted by drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And you know, when I was younger, when I was in school, I remember uh, being playing volleyball, and I excelled. I was like at the, I was going to be the, the the captain of the team, but then my mom, you know, we had to move, and I I, I probably moved twenty five times in my childhood. So, and I was a, a baton twirler, and by I was in that a couple weeks before I became the, the banner girl. So I just, I never, I always take it to the extreme and I always move up to the top and, um, and that I've reined that in and allowed it to become a healthy part of my life. And so when I was 42, I had been sober for three, four years. I was coming out of a a bad marriage and I was introduced to the sport and I've always loved to exercise. And I didn't initially start it thinking I'm going to, I'm going to get on stage and, and compete in, in high heels and a bikini. But as I started to transform the idea, be, you know, my competitive nature came out and I decided to do it. And the, uh, I won first place. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting that, you know, and once I um, had that, win, it just became um, a desire for me to continue to move forward. And I just, it, and it, I saw how, much, you know, people are, are drawn to that. You know, they're drawn to that. What are you doing? And, you know, I feel that it, it's, it's given me a platform yep. to not only share what I'm doing in my physical life, but it's given me a platform to share with what I'm doing in every area of my life. So God has used it, used it to, um, open the doors to many different things. And, um, and not only that I'm living the, my healthiest life ever at 51,
0: I mean, you just look great and you're, you are currently, as we're recording this, you're training for another show.
1: Yes. So, um, uh, we are, I have a show coming up June 27th and July 27th. So I'm looking at two shows. What? Yeah. I didn't
0: know that.
1: Yeah. You know, I figured I might as well just, um, uh, do them while I'm, while I'm prepped.
0: Well, I'm going to, I mean, as long as I'm allowed to be in a public place, I will right. be there.
1: And hopefully we they won't get rescheduled because one already has.
0: Oh gosh. I, I hope not. Well, um, for those of you that are looking, if you're watching the, uh, the YouTube video, uh, you can see how beautiful she is. If you're listening on a podcast, she, you can uh, find her, she has a fitness page called Fit Over 40. Is that what it's called? It's Fitness After 40. Fitness After 40. I'm sorry. And she shares tips and uh, lots of great inspirational stuff. And then you get to see her just incredible physique that she's worked so hard on. Uh, So that's one way you can, I'll, at the end, I'll have you tell everybody how they can find you everywhere, but In addition to that, I mean, that's a big, that's a big component. We do a whole podcast on your fitness, but in addition to that, you've been extraordinarily successful and have had a property management business for how many years? So we've been in business since 2005.
1: Um, so 15, 14 years, I
0: think. Yeah. She's, I've uh, been like, I, have yeah. Been a very successful business here in the, in the Valley that we live in. Yeah. And, uh, as a real estate agent, you've kind of, just slightly shifted gears, but you're just doing like
1: amazing in the real estate world. Yeah. Yeah. So that has been, you know, that, so I am again, you know, I, I, am a GED girl. Um, I got, I got my eight GED with a two-year-old at my side and a baby on my hip. And that was in my early twenties. And I was a stay at home mom and that, you know, domestic engineer, you know, I was, and I did go to Merritt college and I got a, a little front office degree for medical thinking I would go into the medical field. But as I progressed through my twenties, my addiction just got worse and worse. And, um, it, it, it finally, um, took, had a tipping point and I was, um, I, ha- I moved in a different direction and I was introduced to the world of property management in 1997 and I excelled. I was, you know, I went into the door, I went into the industry as of uh, answering phones on the weekends and was within six months I was managing 88 units within a year and a half I was managing 250 units and then from there I just and, and winning multiple awards in this in this industry and again I'm just like I and they would ask me the corporate office would come in and they'd say what are you doing and I said I don't know I don't know I'm just just showing up you know and I'm just doing it and um but I have a the ability to connect with people, you know? And so uh, again, even in my sick times, you know, because again, I, when I got off the methamphetamine, I was still drinking, you know, so I was still struggling internally, but I was moving forward. And um, in 2000, and I always have been an entrepreneur spirit. So my children can tell you that I've come home with Jafra. I'm going to be a millionaire. Tupperware, going to be a millionaire. Quick start, Amway, you name it. It's I, uh, this is it kids. We're going to make a million because I am, i am the kind of person I'll work, I'll work 80 hours a week, but I want to work on my time and in my way, because I want to have the time to be a mom and I want to have the time to go to football games and I want to have the time to, to do the things that I enjoy doing. And so I've had this entrepreneur spirit. So in 2005, I was, uh, introduced to my, a broker at my church and, talk to him about property management and property management in Temecula was non-existent. There was three companies and because people didn't move to Temecula to rent, they moved here to buy yeah. in 2000, you know, in the early, late nineties, early two thousands. So I, um, but, but a few months later, fast forward, he comes to me and says, let's talk. So we talked, we set up some systems, 2005 of September, September of 2005, we uh, started the company And through 2006, we built out our systems while I was working full-time on a a building here in Temecula as a a property manager. And in 2007, I was—I had put an ad in the yellow pages, if you remember the yellow pages. And in March of 2007, everybody knows what happened, right? The economy burst and the bubble burst. And all of a sudden, we were having house prices were declining. We were in a crisis. And so I had just put that ad in the yellow pages and, I, and my phone in my office at my property began, my cell phone began blowing up. Can I talk to you about managing my property? Can I talk? And I'm, man, I'm working 40 hours already. So I remember the day I was in my car driving to the bank to make a deposit. And I said, God, how am I going to do this? I can't afford to quit my day job yet because I only have like five properties. But I couldn't tell people, oh, I'm working a full-time job. I can't meet you until six because then they wouldn't think they had my full attention. So I was driving to the bank. I was praying that prayer. When I got home from the bank, when I got back to the office from the bank, my regional manager was at the property and she said, can I talk to you? And I went into the office and she goes, I hear you own a property management company. And I said, well, yes, I, if you can call it that, i manage a few single family homes in the Valley. She goes, well, you know, that's a conflict of interest. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I didn't. I apologize. So we're going to put you on leave and you're going to go home for the next three days. And we're going to investigate whether or not you've been stealing clients who are coming and looking at apartments and saying, hey, I got this three bedroom in Temecula. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I haven't been doing that. So I'm just go home for three days. Well, on the third day, I got a phone call saying I was fired. Oh, And I literally was on my floor. I've never been fired. I needed this job. And I was crying out to God, what am I going to do? How is this going to work? And I went on unemployment. I took off all my nails. I went and bought hair dye out out of the box. And I just went down to the bare necessities. And I, within one year by March of 2008 I had 100 properties. Wow. Because I was able to stay home every day and answer my phone and dig into that business. And so God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Mm. And that would was take me to a place where I could become successful. And you know and that's what you know as we go through this COVID-19 thing, you know, I just you know, God will do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Prior to this happening, he closed the doors on my office in Temecula where I was paying a thousand dollars a month in rent. Mm. That door closed a month before COVID-19. Hit. Oh, wow. You know, so again, God doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. And he just, you know, whatever, he can take that, he takes what we think is a catastrophe and he can turn it into something, he will turn it into something amazing and magnificent if we trust in him. So that's how I got to where I am now 14 years in business one of one of the most successful property management companies we all know small businesses don't you know last past 3 years they're going to last so this has been a god thing and it was it was him who who brought me to this place
0: so many times I almost cried. I'm trying to not cry because we're on camera. But we were just doing an audio. I could mute and have my little cry. <laughs> but you're you're so inspiring, and you know I've known Catherine for a number of years. And to to I want to talk about her, your book in a second. But to okay. know the things that she has gone through and to see her ability to continue to be joyful, to go out in the world and want to serve others, to have a heart that loves, to be so. Um, just personally motivated for herself to keep going and to keep going. Obstacle comes, oh crap. All right, well, we'll figure out under, over, through. That's just who you are. And so uh, you are impacting so many lives just in the community with who you have been just who you have been just as a woman as a lover of people as somebody that's tried to turn her own pain into something that can help ease somebody else's burden and so you have your book so tell people about your book the name of your book where they can find your book okay
1: so the book is called pieces of me a daughter of mental illness i the book can be found on amazon it can be found at com, and it will um, be available in June. For uh, so it's really soon here, it'll be launched and uh, you'll be able to find it again. Now, the book again has been um, on my heart for a long time and it started three and a half years ago. I was angry, I was very, very angry. So, my predator is passed away, but The enabler is still alive. And I will tell you that every pedophile has an enabler. If you look at Epstein, Wines, all of these, they've all had people who have been protecting them. So Mm. it is the MO to have an enabler. So my enabler was my mother and she is alive and she still denies that anything ever happened. Um, So three and a half years ago, I have really... I've tried over the years to have a, just some kind of relationship, right? Just it, it, how can we make this work without it getting messy every single time? But unfortunately, it gets messy every single time. And I have to get to a place where it's safer for me and my family just, just to shut the door. Well, three and a half years ago, the door got cracked open. And I was in a place where I was saying, okay, are you better? Can we maybe do something here? and Unfortunately, she's still the same. And so I was so angry and I, in my heart, I'm like, fine, you're not going to admit it. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to tell the world. (laughs) And that's how the book started. And this, what I want to share with you is it doesn't matter how it starts. It matters how it finishes. Yes, Because even God can take, it doesn't matter where your heart was over here. Your, God will take it to where he ends plans on it being. So through the last three and a half years, and the reason it took me so long is because I was so angry, yeah. you know, and I couldn't publish a book angry. We all know that. Um, I didn't know that, but mm-hmm. as I moved through the process, I did. And as I moved through each piece of the book, I would have to lay it down for three or four months as I was bringing, you know, th- you'll find that the beginning of the book is going to be a harder read than the end of the book because You have to know what, in order to know how amazing God is and what he can do, you have to see how crappy it was. Yeah. And so the book starts off hard to read. I admit it. But as you move through, you will just come to find that we have an amazing God. And so I would lay the book down and then I would find healing and he would take me, he just a little, little piece of me at a time. Mm. He would just heal that piece. And as I got to the end of the book, um, I had to finally get to a place where I wasn't angry anymore. You know, I had to come to a place where I, you know, they say true forgiveness is remembering without pain. And I had to get to a place where I could remember without pain. And I wasn't there, you know, for 49 years, I remembered with pain. And so as I was working out in the gym, (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I've actually just recently read a book by Priscilla Schreier, and she's in a, um, she said that not only are we to forgive, but we're also to have compassion. Ooh. And I'm like, What? <laughs> now, really? Compassion? I thought all I had to do was forgive. So I was praying and praying and praying. And many times people have said to me, um, don't, Do you think that possibly your mother is mentally ill? And I said, No. She's calculated and cruel and she knows exactly what she's saying and doing. And I would not give her a mental illness plea because a mental illness plea means you get to go to a cushy hospital, right? You don't have to go to jail for your sentence. So I wasn't going to give her any cush. And, but as the last year kind of continued to proceed, more people were saying this to me. And so I began to ask God. I said, God, please, please, please. If I'm supposed to have compassion, you're going to have to be the one that does this because I, in my flesh, I can't find compassion for her. So one day I was working out at the gym and I was praying and praying and the Lord just said to me, baby, your mother is mentally ill. Mm -hmm. And from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, a fresh new awareness and acceptance washed through my body. And I was finally able to accept that she is mentally ill. Hmm. And in that acceptance is where I found deliverance. And I was able to come to a place where I didn't own it. She didn't hate me. She doesn't, you know, I I owned every name-calling session, I owned every horrible thing she said about me, it, it was my identity for a long, long time. Her words created my identity. And I was able to, to finally come to a place where I didn't allow her words to be my identity anymore and come to an acceptance. And when I was able to get to that piece, I was able to finish the book. The book probably was finished six months later. So in this book, I was healed. And even towards the end, I said, okay, God, maybe I don't, maybe this book was just for me. Maybe it's not for the world. Maybe I don't need to publish it, you know? Because when I started the book, it was to tell the world everything that she did to me. And now at the end of the book, it's to tell the world everything God has done for me. But I still wasn't convinced that I was going to publish this book (laughs) until I was with my 14 year old grandson. I have seven grandkids, by the way, and my, my oldest is 14 and we were in the kitchen a few months ago and he was asking me questions, um, about my past and about his mom's past. And, um, cause my old, my children struggled with an addicted mother. And so they obviously have had their own challenges that they've had to face. And, um, so my grandson was asking me these questions and as I was answering these questions, um, In a way that would be good for a 14-year-old. The Lord said to me, This is this book is to be published. And it is going to be passed down generation to generation to generation in your bloodline. You are not only going to have a healing, I'm not only going to have a healing effect in this generation, but work, I'm going to have a healing effect in generations to come. Mm. You know, and we are. You know, the, this curse goes. You know, the, the Bible tells us that the generations, you know, would they hold on to this pain and it rolls down from generation to generation? Well, I am stopping it in my generation and I'm passing it down to my great, 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 great grandkids. And they will know in 3020 <laughs> who this Catherine Shepherd was and what their grandma did. Um, and how she was able to make it with Jesus Christ. So I'll be telling future generations about our Lord and Savior.
0: Wow. That is awesome.
1: Yeah. And
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like trying to hold it together. I've read read several of the first chapters, and when she says it's hard to read, it's because of the pain. Um, She she is a, a wonderful writer. She paints a very beautiful, painful picture of what she's gone through. Sorry. <clears throat> Being her friend, it's hard to read yeah, to know, I know what she's gone through, but to know what she's gone through and to know her today is such a testimony to, you know, the love and healing power of Jesus. And I know you're, it's not just for your family. Yeah. It's for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited. Me too. I know I don't sound excited or look <laughs> excited. I'm so excited. I
1: love you. I love part.
0: <laughs> I love you too. Will you tell people how they can find you. you? Tell them all the ways they can find you whether it's social media or your website. Tell them all the things. How can they connect with you?
1: Okay. So I am um uh, my website for my speaking platform. So my my this book is a um is my platform for speaking. So if you're interested in having me come speak at a women's retreat or at your church, at a women's Bible study or any Event, I would be, love to be honored to support you. You can find me at kathernsheffer Um, You can find me my fitness page at fitness after forty on Facebook. My nonprofit is one voice one mission and you can find out about our our mission with the the uh, the curriculum and our uh, sexual abuse awareness program. You can find m- me as a realtor on. Uh, Catherine Schiffer is my Facebook, but DP Properties is my, uh, my business page. I also have a website, dpprop.com. And you can Google my name, Catherine Schiffer. You know, my, uh, my tagline is um, your ripped realtor. So if you look up hashtag your ripped realtor, you'll find me there too. So I'm pretty easy to find in all facets. We
0: will make all of that information available in the show notes of the podcast. And if you're watching this on YouTube, all the information will be right below in the information below the video. And I think we're going to probably have to have you back on because we could talk forever about many, many different things. And uh, so just thank you for being so courageous to continue to work so hard on healing and recovery. I, I believe wholeheartedly that God, Uh, If, if we, if we walk into it, that God will never allow our pain to be wasted. And, um, you know, he will exactly like you're doing, he will use our pain to propel us, to heal us. And that healing is something that we are, I think, called on to share with other people so that they can be healed too. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I say for so long, I said, why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? me?" And. You know, in the book, I I, I talk about this too. You know, what if, what if our greatest pain, the thing that has held us back and kept us stuck for so long was actually to become our message. Our purpose is, is found in the pain. And we hear that so often, but take the pain and don't, and create a message in it and create, you know, we are God's hands and feet. He can't, he doesn't come down to the earth. He doesn't walk here anymore. He resides in us. And then we become his hands and his feet. And who best to walk someone through a particular pain than someone who's experienced that pain. So don't let it keep you stuck in victimization. Let it bring you out and to create a whole new you and your purpose in it. Easier said than
0: done, but so true. (laughs) And- Um, you
1: do
0: it. it. (laughs) Well, I believe that. And, you know, if you have the pleasure of connecting with her, you're going to fall in love with her immediately. She's just an amazing woman, friend, wife, mother, grandmother, who would think you're a grandmother. You just are way too beautiful, sexy, and hot. Uh, I'm so grateful. Thank you for taking the time and being on this podcast and, uh, I just can't wait to see what God's going to do now that, now that the story is out, the book is like inches away from being out and, and so many lives are going to be blessed. I can't wait to watch
1: it. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me on and thank you for what you're doing. I'm honored to be your friend and I love you. I love you too. Thank you.
0: Another remarkable, inspiring story of how God's love is so redemptive in our lives. You know, it's part of the course here at Girl Power Alliance with the amazing, phenomenal stories and women that are part of our community here. Are you part of our community yet? You need to be. First of all, head over to girlpoweralliance.com and download our free seven-day devotional slash planner. Um, This is really just a great way to kind of get yourself on track with really good habits. Uh, to help grow you spiritually, help grow your business. If you're in business or just kind of organize your life, it's free. All you have to do is go over there, click on the, on the link there and download it. You'll have instant access. And if you're not already part of our community, it's time become a member. (laughs) It, there are so many perks. There are so many reasons to be part of this community. And Catherine's just one of them. Um, We're waiting for you. We cannot wait to meet you. Girl Power Alliance, where women grow.